Create a Tax Podcast with Mike Brennan. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Creative Chats. It's the podcast for artists, makers, and content creators, where we talk about creativity, the creative process, and story. I'm your host, Mike Brennan. You can connect with me over on Instagram. I'm at Mike Bone. And you can check out some of my work and connect with me on my website, which is mikebrennan.me. I'd love for you to be a part of our online community, which is found over on Facebook. It's a free Facebook community called Daily Creative Habit. And if you go to dailycreativehabit.com, there'll be a link right there for you to be able to simply just join and just get in community with other people who are creators, all types of creators, and people who are wanting to show up more consistently and just share their work and have a place to ask questions and journey alongside some people. Because let's face it, being a creator of any kind can be a lonely journey and process. So if that's you, Head on over to dailycreativehabit.com and I look forward to seeing you in the group today. I also want to extend to you the opportunity to get your own copy of my new book, which is called Make Fun a Habit. And this book came about because I started asking the question of like, what happened to all the fun, right? Like everything starts to get real heavy, real serious, real practical in a hurry. Those things are things that we tend to champion as we get older, you know, efficiency and productivity and responsibility and all those kind of words, which are not bad, but we can really find ourselves in a place where fun has up and left the building, where suddenly we really can't remember the last time we actually had fun doing something, let alone on a regular basis. And so this book is my challenge to myself first and foremost to look at my days and see where can I inject some more fun and play back into my day back into some of the even the tasks that I have to do that maybe at face value aren't so fun the book is 30 chapters that are really short that give you a story an illustration some questions and an exercise to put into practice because I want to inspire you but also then equip you and give you a plan to put something in place, to take action, because it's no good just leaving you feeling like you've been inspired, but then not knowing what to do about that. So you can get this book uh, on Amazon. You can also go to makefunahabit.com, and I have some other resources there for you that are free, like um, a Spotify playlist of my fun music and a few other fun goodies that are free. And again, you can get a signed copy of the book from makefunahabit.com, and uh, if you are, again, a Amazon subscriber to um, Amazon Prime, you have free shipping, you just prefer to go that route, you can get it from Amazon.com as well in paperback and hardcover. So I encourage you, head on over there now and grab your copy today and get some more fun in your life. Hey, I wanted to take some time on this episode to talk to you about something that's on my mind because... Actually, I watched a documentary last night on Amazon Prime, and it was the documentary Tom Petty, Somewhere You Feel Free. I am a huge Tom Petty fan, and, you know, sadly, it's one of those things where I came to him a little bit later in my life and didn't have the opportunity to see him live, except when he was reunited with his former band, Mud Crutch, and uh, it wasn't Tom Petty and the Heartbreaker songs, 
It was Mudcrutch songs, but I still at least got to see him in Philadelphia play in a small venue, actually, which was pretty cool. And uh, oddly enough, though, he was playing bass. He was not playing guitar, and he was not the lead singer on uh, most of the songs. So um, did get to see him, but not necessarily in the context in which I would have liked to. So that's just a little, you know, public service announcement. Hey, if there's somebody that you're really wanting to see in concert, especially maybe someone who's been around for a while um, and you have not taken opportunity to do so, take the time out, do that, and uh, don't have that regret. But anyway, this documentary really, uh, I enjoyed it on multiple levels because, of course, again, being a Tom Petty fan, learning more about uh, some of his songs, his songwriting. In particular, this was about the making of Wildflowers. And this went into um, just the, the time period at which he had gotten together with Rick Rubin, who, uh, if you're not familiar with, he's a record producer who, you know, he has... Um, gone all, all the way back in the 80s, he was responsible for uh, the Beastie Boys, you know, licensed to ill. Um, I mean, so many uh, amazing um, records that he had his hand in over the years. And, but at this point, he really didn't have a big track record with kind of mainstream rock or pop music. He was doing a lot more things that were, um, you know, rap and hip hop and even some metal, uh, things of that nature. And he didn't have a proven track record when it came to actual like mainstream rock. And so he was working with Tom Petty on this album um, and they wanted to do some things differently. And so they talked a little bit about the process. And of course, you know, this is some of Tom Petty's bandmates who were, were talking about this experience as well of what it was like to make this record, what went into it, uh, some of the things that were happening in Tom's life and how they came to fruition through some of these songs. And it was really interesting because, um, you know, the, the relationship between Tom and Rick, uh, there was one point things were highlighted and Tom was talking about this idea of um, inviting somebody else's feedback into your process. And someone even at that level, right, the level of Tom Petty who has had hit after hit after hit. Um, this is 1994 when this uh, album was released. And so, um, you know, we're talking a couple of decades worth of songs that uh, he has proven that he is a great songwriter. He has proven that he can write songs that will be hits. And now he's in this place where he wants to do something a little bit different. Uh, he wants a different approach in the recording of this music and in writing these songs. And so he gets together with Rick Rubin and Rick is someone, you know, it's funny, they, they're talking and there's some old footage that they play um, during this time period they recorded when they were making this record. And, you know, it, it's referenced that Rick, he didn't even know how to play an instrument. He didn't have this musical background, but he had this special something that was able to tap into knowing when the song was was done and, and when it was the song, so to speak. And so it was really his taste uh, that was the thing that people hired him for. His ability to sit with something and process through something and have it go through 
that process to come through the other end so that it would become the best version of the song possible. And so um, I found it really interesting that here's, you know, Tom, and he's talking about this uh, moment where as a creative person, as an artist, if you will, um, he is writing these songs and he's got this little, you know, eight track studio in, in his house and he's coming up with these ideas and he's recording these rough demos. And then he would call up Rick and he'd be like, hey, I think I got something. And he'd send him over the the rough version and then Rick would come and show up at his house and then he'd listen to something and he'd be like, okay, well, you know, I think that's good, but I think uh, we need to do something different on the bridge of the song. And so go work on the bridge, maybe come up with, you know, three more versions of what that bridge could be and then we'll see where we go from there. And so it was this, this exchange that would happen between Rick and Tom in this songwriting process. And Tom was explaining how, you know, it was difficult at times because being an artist and someone who is close to the thing that you're creating, it's, you know, getting your feelings hurt sometimes and saying, well, you know, this is, this is the best that I can do. This is what I brought. I wouldn't have brought it to you if I didn't think that this was something I was proud of or, or wanted to um, put out there. And so um, there was that aspect of things that were, was happening. And then you had, Rick pushing on things on the other end saying, I want this to be the best version it can be. And I think that there's something more here. I can see something that you can't. I can hear something that you can't, even uh, with an artist at the level of Tom Petty. And so Tom was explaining this dynamic of knowing when to listen to that feedback, to try something, to be open and then other times when he said, you know, I wrote something and I knew that this was it. Like, I tried some of the things that Rick told me. I, you know, made the best of his suggestions, gave him the benefit of the doubt. And yet at the end of the day, he knew that his original version of something was the one which was the, quote, right version, the one that he needed to actually put on the album. And so this dance of inviting somebody into your work as you're creating something, getting the feedback, knowing when do you listen to that feedback versus when do you stand your ground and and as tom said it you know have some confidence in your work in yourself in your own abilities and your own tastes um i thought it was an interesting thing that he talked about because again one it kind of surprised me to hear that um you know, in terms of his songwriting and again, being at this level and being open and putting himself in a place where he would get uh, just the feedback that would help him arrive at the best songs possible. And, and that's one thing that they talked about in this documentary was that that was really the place where they wanted to land was we want these songs to be the best versions that they can be. And every song needs to be the best song. And so they didn't settle for things in the process. They pushed, they um, did things that made them uncomfortable, all in the name of growing and producing something that they could stand by to feel extremely proud of. And I think um, the work stands up for itself. I mean, it's, it's a hugely popular um, you know, album of his, Wildflowers. And several hits off of that record. 
Um, and, and that was the result of that relationship. And this um, process that, that took place, I think they said it was over like a year and a half that they worked on these songs. And it was this organic process. Um, and they took their time. And they let these songs kind of emerge as opposed to trying to manufacture things in a studio under a certain deadline, thinking, you know, what are going to be the hits here? Um, they were concentrating on the craft of songwriting and then the execution in the studio of these songs done even in a kind of more live manner in, a, in an organic manner where they're playing together they're not playing separate parts and then assembling these things together afterwards um which you know you can all heal hear and feel in the the album as you listen to it and regardless if you are a tom petty fan or not whether or not you've heard this album or not um there's there's something i i want you to take away from this which is this idea of inviting someone else into your process and then understanding the place of feedback. And it's a tricky thing. And it's, I think, a dance because certainly there are times when you feel strongly about something you've created, but you may have blind spots. You may not be able to see uh, what other people are seeing or aren't seeing, right? There may be blind spots where you're thinking, hey, I'm communicating something and I'm doing it in a certain way and I get it, but other people are left maybe scratching their heads and kind of going, oh, that's not at all what I understood that to be. That's not my takeaway. And I'm not talking about artistic interpretation. <clears throat> I'm talking about the, the work being the best it can be and the... Um, this process, really staying in this process of evaluating, of getting feedback, of refining, of iterating, and all of that going into the work of producing something before you actually put it out there in public for people to interact with. And so I think for one, to be able to have confidence, as Tom says, in your own taste and your own abilities and your execution, your ideas of something, I think you have to have had a level of success. And I don't mean that in terms of like having hits, but I think in terms of, quote, successful work that you've put out there, in that you've done a lot of the work, you've done a lot of work, right? Um, because early on, when you're learning something, when you're a new creator, you don't have that confidence because you're still trying to figure a lot of things out about yourself, about the process. Um, you're trying to gain skill if you don't have a certain natural talent and ability in something. And so all of that kind of goes into you growing and understanding and becoming the creator that you need to be for those particular projects. And I think with each passing project, you have a certain level where you've challenged yourself. You've stepped into something and um, grown into learning things. Because, you know, I think even in terms of my books, right? Like, so the first book that I ever self-published, I didn't know how to use the self-publishing platform of Amazon KDP. I didn't know how to put the files together. I really didn't know the process um, I simply had come up with the content 
and then needed to learn, well, how, what do I do with this content? But after doing it the first time, it was a lot easier doing it the second time and the third and so on. There were things about that that I didn't have to think about anymore because I had learned the process and then I was able to engage and move through it a lot quicker. And each time that I've done something, I've really tried to introduce a new element into the mix so that I'm continuing to learn and grow and not getting stagnant, even in the process of executing the thing and getting it out there, publishing it, right? Um, and so I think you have to have a certain level of success in moving through that kind of process. And that comes by doing. It comes by creating. That's honestly why I'm such a big proponent in saying you need to create daily things because it's not enough to create some things every once in a while. You won't move through the amount of work that you need to do to be able to execute uh, on a greater level and to be able to really own the process and to really be able to develop your taste in what it is that, that you're trying to create. Um, and there's another element of taste that comes from you identifying other people's work that you consider to be um, really interesting, really valuable, uh, excellent work. And the more that you surround yourself with other resources, other input, other people's content that they've created, uh, other people's artwork and music and all the things that people have created that, that are at an excellent level, the better your taste will be, the less tolerance you will have for subpar work even when it comes to your own work, because you will be setting a standard and a bar and expectation of yourself, of what you enjoy, what you consider to be quality, and you won't accept what's less than that. And so there's this part of developing your taste over time, surrounding yourself, if you will, consuming some things that are at a higher level so that your sensitivities are aligned with that kind of work. And then when you go to create your own work, you, you take that with you. Then there's the sense of inviting someone else into it so that they bring their taste, their sensibilities, making sure that it's the right person that you're inviting into the process for feedback. That's one of the things that, that someone I remember told me a long time ago was, you know, not everyone has earned the right to give you feedback. A lot of people love to give you feedback. A lot of people will give you their opinions on things. And that's what I think sometimes gets scary for a lot of creators to put their stuff out into public. They're worried that it won't be received. It won't be understood. It won't be accepted or celebrated. Um, and I think when we lean too heavily on that need for others' approval in that, we can get into to dangerous places where we won't ever ship anything. We won't ever publish anything because it's too scary. It's just easier for me to hang on to something myself. But going back to, to Rick and Tom and their relationship in putting this together, this record, you know, it was said that, that I forget how many songs he had Tom actually write, but he had him go way above what was needed for the actual album. They didn't just set out to do like say 10 or 12 songs and then call it a day they did maybe double, triple that, and then said, okay, well, out of these songs, which are the ones that are the best? Which are the ones that we absolutely have to have on this album? And 
you know, coincidentally, they they actually had a ton of things that were amazing songs that didn't make it onto this album. And later on, more recently, they re-released some things um, and kind of gave the the rest, if you will, of what was actually uh, previously unreleased for Wildflowers. And so, um, you know, that just showed that there actually was interest and some great songs that were on there. Matter of fact, they had talked about the idea of doing a double album when this um, documentary was happening and, and before they released it. But the I guess the, the record label had decided that that wasn't a cost efficient way and that there wouldn't be interest or it would be too much money for people. Um, and then all these years later, they end up doing that um, after Tom's passing and released all the rest of um what was recorded and still amazing songs. And so I say all this to say a few things. One, invite someone else into your process. Have someone else that you can use as a sounding board who can help bring their taste to match your taste, or maybe not even sometimes match it, but sometimes to challenge it so that you can really be clear on what it is that you are aiming at what quality you consider to be the standard and what you're willing to accept and not accept when it comes to what you're creating. And not all feedback is created equal. Not everyone has earned the right to give you feedback or to be in that process. So make sure that you invite the right people in. Um, and sometimes you only know that by trial and error. So be engaged in the process, be open, but at the end of the day, remember that you are the creator. You're the one who has your fingerprints on the work. You're the one who has your name attached to the work, and you need to be proud of it. You need to be able to stand by it and, and know that at the end of the day, you have done your best as you've put this out into the world, and to know that this is something in a long series of work that you're doing throughout your lifetime. Um, and that if someone were to look at the body of work that you create from the first piece that you ever created to the last piece that you ever create, they would be able to see a journey. They would be able to see what was important to you and what you wanted to say and how you wanted to say it. And they could maybe see some influences and see what was part of your taste. Um, and all of that stuff comes, honestly, just by showing up and doing the work. We can't, um, we can't expect good taste to just land on us one day. We can't expect great work to just pour out of us one day. We need to be active, engaged in the process, refining, inviting that feedback, knowing when to take the feedback and try something and when to stand in our confidence and our opinion, our tastes, and just learning to dance in that. Learning to, by trial and error, by experience, by putting work out there, by creating things and co-creating things, be involved in the process. Um, and I think at the end of the day, when we can learn more of that, we will be able to produce work that's at a higher level, that engages more people, because it's bigger than just ourselves. Um, 
And I think that's what makes truly great work, right? When you encounter something that has this universal quality to it, you encounter something that is a piece of work that speaks to a large body of people and yet can still be kind of specific about something. Um, that's an amazing thing. We all have songs that we celebrate like that. We all have movies that we love or um, certain artists that we love because of their work and their ability to tap into that. And I don't think that that is something that happens by accident. And while there may be natural abilities and talents at work, there's also something about being intentional in that journey and also about who that person, that creator, surrounded themselves with while they were creating things. Um, it's really important who we surround ourselves with as well as what we surround ourselves with in developing our tastes. And so um, these are just some things that have been floating around in my brain since last night watching this documentary. I wanted to just hop on the podcast and share some of these things with you because I think I'm not alone in this. I think we all want to show up and do our best work. And I think sometimes we struggle with knowing how to do that, how to actually be intentional about developing a strong sense of taste and style, our voice, um, about knowing when to listen to feedback and when not to, uh, about learning how to trust our gut, our instincts, and develop confidence in our abilities and in our voice. And once we have started to apply that again and again and again, yet still being in a place where we can grow and to be um, teachable, that is part of the journey. And so as I continue to think about these things and wrestle with these things and apply these things, I hope that you do too. And if you have thoughts about these things, if you have some insights that you'd love to share, I would love to hear them as well. Uh, this is certainly kind of a ongoing conversation, ongoing thought, if you will. But feel free to to drop me uh, a DM or, or an email, and I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on this. So if you haven't seen that documentary, I highly encourage, if you have Amazon Prime, check it out. Uh, it's Tom Petty, Somewhere You Feel Free is what the title of it is. And um, if you're not a fan of Tom Petty, well, maybe maybe reconsider that. He's got a large body of work that spans uh, a couple of different styles. And uh, regardless, as I always leave you guys, at the end of these solo episodes, the charge is go create something. Thanks for listening today. I'd appreciate it if you would subscribe, leave a rating and a review. It really helps this podcast be seen and heard by others.